Okay, well, we're going to go into the Word of God tonight and uh, ensure the announcements are done. Please, after service is done, just run out. Go to the kitchen and get some things from the pantry. Praise God. Grab some things, some uh, things that you can use so you can be a blessing to somebody with it. Praise God. Okay, we're going to go into the Bible. Tonight we'll be talking about, uh, of course, we'll talk about prayers all through. We'll be talking about praying out the will of God. Praying out the will of God. And if you have your Bibles, bring out the will of God. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 26. Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. How many of you know that God has a will? Yes, He has a plan. He has a will. Bring out God's will. Let me see, let me check to see exactly what I gave the media team. Yeah, praying God's will. So, just I'm in line with the media team, praying God's will. Oh, you can do bring out God's will. Bring God's will. What is God's will? What is God's will? In how many types of God's will exist? We'll look at a few of those things. I'm not really talking tonight about God's will. I'm talking about prayers. Um, I just wanted to show you some things from the Bible so you can know how to pray in alignment with His will. Matthew chapter 26. Verse number 39, verse number 39, of course, he talks about Jesus. I just want to go down to that place. We're talking about Jesus when he had gone to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was praying there with his disciples. If you really want to get the context, you can go from verse number 36, but I'm focusing on verse number... Actually, let's read from verse 36. Since that's the foundation we're laying. It says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. Sit here while I go and pray over there. Now, hear me. When Jesus says, Sit here, it means sit and pray. <laughs> that's actually what he means. Because they sat and they began to slumber. Some of them started sleeping. Then he came back and said, couldn't you pray? Couldn't you what should be? Men ought always to pray and not faint and not lose heart, right? So he told them, he said, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and, two son, and the two sons of Zebedee and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as your will. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is true. Open our eyes, flooded with light. Help us to see and behold wondrous things out of your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 
you know, and of course, in another version, it says, "If there's a way, let this cup pass away from me." And in another, uh, in another verse, in another uh, chapter, not in another chapter, but not chapter, in another book, another gospel, one of the renditions of the gospels. So Matthew said, he said, "Oh my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me." And he says, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Not as I will. So Jesus actually prayed. He prayed a prayer. He says, if there is a way, let's negotiate this thing that I am facing. And uh, sometimes as a believer, there are going to be times when you are confronted with situations where you don't know exactly how you should pray for as you ought. As we saw in the Bible, in the book of uh, Romans chapter 8. But that's not what we're focusing on today. We want to focus on how do you pray the will of God. How to pray the will of God. Praying the will of God. Praying out God's will. Praying out God's will. So if you look at the context of this passage, actually, the need for praying out God's will is when uh, sometimes it is difficult. You are between a rock and a hard place. Are you hearing me, somebody? Praying out God's will comes with difficulties. There are, there's God's will that you know, that you love. Right? <laughs> that John 2, beloved, I weave above all that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. You have no problem with that one. I have no problem with that one. Lord, prosperity, send it. Good health, send it. That you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Lord, I am up for that 100%. Then there is the will of God which is the one you don't like. Or which is the one that will make you uncomfortable? Let me give you for instance. Now you are in a comfortable place. Or maybe you are like Abraham. You live in your father's house. He was living in his father's house. And if in this time you're living in your father's house. Not paying rent and nothing. At least at that time they didn't have mortgages. So God says. I want you to leave and go someplace that I'm going to show you. And I want you to take your whole family with you. But not just your family, you're taking everybody you have. And the place you're going to, I haven't shown you yet. First, how do you put that kind of direction in a GPS? Secondly, how do you go and convince your wife that we're living the comfort of where she has grown up, where she has her friends and everybody, and you're living and going somewhere? Or... Now you are Abraham, you have believed God, you and your wife for a long time. You've even tried different, you've tried different, uh, different things, surrogacy and everything and it didn't work. And finally, it seems as if God has answered those prayers of over 25, 30 years and blessed you with a son called Isaac. Then God suddenly come to you and say, I want you to take your son, your only son, whom you love. And he is careful to highlight. God is very detailed. He says, your only son whom you love. And take him, sacrifice him to me. Bring him to a mountain that I will show you. Now, first of all, because God didn't appear physically, bodily. You first say, Satan, I rebuke that voice. Then when you rebuke, the voice becomes stronger. And you are acquainted with that voice. So... Do you just think he just woke up and just did what he wanted to do? No, no, no. It didn't just happen like that. How do you even begin to 
explain to this woman because at this time Abraham has two sons. At least he has Ishmael. Even if Ishmael is not exactly everything that is wanted, but at least he has Ishmael. How do you go tell Sarai that it is like this God has said that this miracle we've waited for for this long it is not time for me to go sacrifice him or sometimes God says I want you to take go clear your account (laughs) it's beginning to come closer to home now clear your account don't give it to your pastor Go give it to the church building project. They are about to be on your church. Your project. Go give it out. And you're thinking, Lord, I know how long I've been saving this money. I know the years. It's, it, it's not months. Because if you just say give uh, two weeks paycheck, some of you will still struggle with that. But then he says, clear your savings account. I've been saving this for a long time now. And I have plans for it. My children are growing up. That property I'm looking at is coming. And I have my dream, the American dream that I'm about to enter into. So how do you pray in those kind of situations? Because it is not easy. It is not comfortable. Okay? Or you have a scenario where somebody is in a hospital. They are very sick. Or a situation happens where it is life and death and you have to pray and you don't know exactly what the outcome will be or you know the outcome you want you want them to leave but again you've had all kinds of complications you don't know the quality of life and you've been holding on by faith for a long time how do you pray first of all let me tell you this that in the Bible, there is different kinds of God's will. Now, the first one we know, we know about the sovereign will of God. Or if we don't know it, let me tell you, there's a will called the sovereign will of God. In other words, it is, let's just look at, uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. We'll look at the sovereign will of God. And we'll look at, yeah, Ephesians 1 11, it says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will he does what he works all things according to the counsel of his will it was the will of God that Jesus would be crucified are you hearing me somebody It is the sovereign will of God. There is the sovereign will. There is the calendar of God's heaven. That in the fullness, when the fullness of time had come, nobody knew that was the fullness of time. That was God's will. Praise the Lord. So there is the sovereign will of God. Let's look at Acts chapter 4, verse number 28. After the disciples had been let go, you know, we talked about being part of a praying congregation or part of a praying community. The Bible says, Acts chapter 8 verse 28, it says, when they had been let go, of course, they went to their own company and they began to pray. And they began to say, let's back up a little bit. Let's not just, 
For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you all anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together, verse 28, to do whatever your hand. To do what? Whatever your hand had and your purpose determined before to be done. Let me say this to you. No matter how much we prayed, Jesus had to be crucified. No matter how much we prayed, Jesus had to be betrayed by somebody. That was God's sovereign will. Now that somebody did not have to be Judas and his carrot. But he had to be betrayed. And that person had to be a close person. You know why? Because even the psalmist had prophesied. He said if it was another person, it would have been different. But it is you, you with whom I ate. So Jesus had to be betrayed. He could be betrayed even by one of his siblings. He could be betrayed even by any person. But Judas decided to be that one. Are you hearing me, somebody? So there is the sovereign will of God. If you look throughout the Bible, you find out God's sovereign will. It deals here with predestination, with God's timing, with the one that no matter what we do, it's going to come to pass. It's like God's agenda. Now, the sovereign will of God, if you just learn about it, it can be confusing because you can just feel that, well, no matter what I do, nothing is going to change, so we just leave. There is the sovereign will of God. Another category of God's will is the moral will of God. The moral will of God, which has to do with rights and wrongs and what should be. That's the moral will of God. The moral will of God, or you can call it the good or the permissible, no, the good or the perfect will of God. I want to use an example. That will bring up, will open a kind of worm and bring people to start talking. But let me help you. I'm going to bring it up. But I won't go to the passage. <laughs> the Pharisees, when they came to Jesus, they say, they said to him, they were talking about a woman who had been married and this and that, and say, okay, so in the resurrection, who, whose wife will she be? And then he said, don't you know that in the resurrection that there shall be no marriage or giving of marriage and everything? But anyway, then there was another time they came to him and says, Moses said, when, if a man divorces his wife, let him give her a bill of divorce. And Jesus said, in the beginning, it was not so. Then he said, why then did Moses say? Then Jesus told him, he said, Moses because of the hardness of your hearts so there is God's will the perfect will the moral will and so that's what they were talking about so he told them he said Moses because of what the hardness of your hearts permitted it allowed it and I don't want to go into that topic I'm just trying to give you an illustration yeah, okay. 
It is God's moral will. It's God's perfect will for you that you never be sick. That you are whole always. Question, have you ever felt sick? Okay. Hallelujah. Time doesn't permit me to show you all of that. Because I'm talking about prayer, so I don't want to get lost in the will. Let's not get lost in the will. Then there is the third category of God's will, which unfortunately a lot of, a lot of people function in it. It is the permissible will of God. The moral will or the perfect will is God's standard. Lord, what do you want from me? Do you think God always wants it? It's like you, you enter a GPS, right? You put direction. And you're going somewhere. Let GPS say turn right. And you go and you forget to turn right. Then he says, in the next place, rerouting or make a U-turn. That is permissible. That was not the perfect. The perfect will was for you to get there in seven minutes. You've ended up going there in 17 minutes because you failed to make a turn where you should have turned. Is this making sense to you? Acts chapter 14. And the permissible will is because of ignorance sometimes. Acts 14 verse 16. We're going to look at this, then we'll look at Romans. Acts 14 verse 16. Okay, let's go from verse 14 if that's what you all want to read. Let's go from verse 14 then. So smart. But when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitudes crying out. Actually, if you really wanted to begin that, you would have begun from verse 8. Because they were at Iconium and then they began to, you know, some things, a miracle happened. And so the people started trying to worship them. They said, you are gods. And they started calling uh, 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 Barnabas a certain name. And then they started calling uh, Paul Hemis or Hemis, the brand of a bag. The Barnabas are called Zeus. And Paul they called Hermes. Or Hermes, however you call it. Because he was the chief speaker. Verse 13. Then the priest of Zeus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates, intending to sacrifice with the multitude. Verse 14. But when the apostles... Barnabas and Paul heard this. They tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men with the same nature as you. And preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God. Who met the heaven and the earth, the sea and all things that are in them. Verse 16, that's where we're going to. Who in bygone generations allowed somebody say allowed the permissible will so it's permitted allowed all nations to walk in their own ways the permissible will of god and a lot of people like to function the permissible will of god because why it has history it's ancient well pastor you know my mother was like that even though we made the same mistake god's grace still saw me through don't continue to begin to exert the mistakes. Or oh, when I want to change, I will change. I've been on drugs before and come back. I'm just going to go, you know, just have fun and come back. 
Be careful because you may not get a chance. Your senses may not work enough to clean up. In the bygone time, you allowed people to do their own ways. Let me let's look at it first better in Acts 17. Acts 17, verse 30. I remember we're having this conversation in church one day and a, a Christian guy, you know, of course, there's still a debate in church. We, not, not a debate, we had this interactive school, the Bible. So somebody was like, is it, is it allowed? Let me just bring it. We're having Bible exploration, right? So we can talk real practical. On Sundays, you know, we talk a little different. On Wednesdays, we have this ones, this way. Do, do you see the differences, the settings? Okay. Because, you know, as some believers will, you see a girl or you see a guy somewhere, you like them, just fall in love, heads over. But you know this person is not walking in the ways of God. Now you want to save them, or you want to bring them. You say, Pastor, I want this one to be saved, and then I'll marry her. <laughs> <laughs> or they refuse salvation, but they come to church. They say, well, Pastor, you know, they're not there yet, but, you know, I, I think there's something we can work. What you're doing is you are, you, are, you are working on the borderline permissible. You are just pushing on permission. You just need endorsement. Pastor, I prayed. And now because of chemistry that they have, they have started bending a little bit. And you're thinking that they are saved. They are not saved. They are being nice right now. Be careful because your father-in-law will end up being the devil. Now I'm telling you the truth. So when church one day talking and this lady was like, well, you know, is it all right if somebody marries uh, somebody like, okay, what's well, so between a Muslim and a Christian? But like, well, the Bible says don't be unequally yoked and this and that. And by the way, you can be unequally yoked even with a Christian, another Christian. So not everybody because they are a Christian, tongue talking, is maritable material. Unfortunately so. And again, even those who are maritable material, not every maritable material is your spouse. It's supposed to be, can be your spouse. Because you see, you have a certain predisposition. Don't mind some of you look at me, I'm nice. Some, if we live together, they say, you will run. Not because I'm, not because I'm bad, but because I'm, I have my ways that I do. This woman here can withstand certain things. Yes, she can accommodate certain things. It's not easy to have your husband gone all the time. Some of you cannot have them gone from you for one hour. <laughs> or they are gone for one hour, you start texting them. So where are you now? Who are you with? Who are you talking? I can hear the voice of another woman behind. Oh no. Oh yes. Oh no, call me on video call. It's not because they want to see your face, it's because they want to see who you are with. They put a GPS on you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. And by the way, if you're that kind of person, there's no problem with that. It's just that that is you. That's why I'm simply saying that you may not be able to deal with somebody like me because I'm gone for a long time. Sometimes I'm gone to three different countries and I'm dealing with different people. And they are beautiful. And they are good. And some of them actually like me. It takes somebody who... No, true. No, you, have, you, you understand what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. You got to understand that. Don't put your head in the sun and refuse to face what is real because if not so, you will watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. Yes, if not so, you will close your eyes and fall into temptation. Are you hearing me, somebody? Yes. 
So now you can just see somebody because they are good, or some of you because the person can sing, and all you wanted was a singer, and now you start praying, Lord, this is my wife, Lord, this is my, oh Lord, this is my husband. No, you are not marrying a musician, you are marrying a person. And you got to know what the will of God is for you. Am I talking now? Praise the Lord. I've forgotten where I was. <laughs> so permissible will. So it says, truly, these times of ignorance, times of what? Times of what? Ignorance. Ignorance is not ignore. Ignorance is when you don't have enough information. When you made the mistake, or when you, well, it wasn't a mistake when you made it because you didn't know. These times of ignorance, God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. So there are times of ignorance. There are things you do. So we had this debate. We're talking, we're talking about in church, interacting with the Bible. So I think this lady was wanting to make a decision. So the brother of that topic of can the person marry, you know, this and that and that. Then there was a brother in church who actually used to be a Muslim. Not a practicing one. His wife was Christian. They met in school. They fell in love. And now they got married. And this guy is in church. is more on fire for God than the girl. So they use that as an example. Like, well, you know, they're able to do this. God, I say, yes, God can. You don't know what the sovereign will of God is. That is not God's perfect will. And the sister at that time, that was what she knew. And she functioned within it. And God blessed them. And thank God that her husband became a person who feared God. And loved God. And loved people. There are some, after the marriage is over, after the marriage, the wedding is done and the marriage is consummated. Now the true colors will come out. And I'm not just talking about against faiths. There was a sister, there was an individual here. I told them, I said, after doing premarital counseling, I advised them. I said, this is not going to work. And I didn't just advise us. I advised both her and, and the guy. I told both of them, I said, in good faith, I cannot suggest for two of you to go ahead with your plans. And of course, how does that sound? It doesn't sound good. You start looking at Pastor Blaze like this guy is just a wicked guy. But you know what, I'm glad, you know I can go ahead and go to the bed and sleep well? Because I told the truth. And they decided that they were going to go ahead. I said, okay, you can go ahead. I'm just not going to be part of it. Of course, I'm not the only pastor. Thank God we're in America. You can go anywhere. Just go get somebody to sign it. <laughs> you can do a drive through, drive by. Long story short, now I'm not a prophet and I'm not saying it's everything that I say that is not going to work, that will not work. But I saw all the signs. And even right on the wedding day, the signs, not just the signs. This sister cried, not the cry of tears, not the tears of joy, but one of sorrow. And it didn't last. And somebody almost lost their lives. And I can tell you many times when it's happened like that. So how do you pray when you are in those kind of situations where, you know, your flesh is weak. You see, you, ju- you just like. And you want God to make your like, your wants, your needs. 
you want God to make what you want to become his will for you. You are like Samson who has seen Delilah. And then you want God to somehow approve. Now let me give you this. Joseph, now look at it. In the Jewish nature, or I mean in the Abrahamic covenant and in the Jewish culture, they were not allowed to intermarry even out of their Jewish tribes. You see that even when Abraham wanted a son for his wife, he had to make uh, uh, Eliezer of Damascus to swear and take an oath that he would go back. Because why they were trying to do lineage. There was a plan of God that did not, would not be aborted. Are you hearing me somebody? The Messiah could not come through Joseph. You know why? Because Joseph had an intermarriage. Now I'm not saying that intermarriage is not the perfect will of God. Just before somebody go quote me that Pastor Blake said, go go and enforce your thing that, you know, intercultural marriage. No. It is the perfect will of God. At that time, God was working on a lineage, tracing down things. Praise God. So when Joseph was in Egypt, that was his own circle of influence. And because he was becoming prime minister, he was given a wife. And guess what? God blessed that wife. That was not the perfect will of God. But because where Joseph was, that was the perfect will of God for him in that place. When Moses was on the mountain and he met Zipporah, Jethro's daughter, If you go back to the Bible, you read Moses' father was a Levi, his mother was a Levi. That was God's will. But you see, when Zipporah was coming down with Moses' children, the children almost died. They were almost killed by the anger of God because they did not go through circumcision. God allowed it so until those children had to be circumcised to avert certain things. Is it making sense to somebody? I'm going somewhere with this. We're going somewhere with this. So, when Jesus came to the place in Matthew chapter 26, he said, Lord, if there's a way, let this cup pass away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That was him subjecting his own flesh in prayers he knew that the will of God meant death. He knew that the will of God meant that his own will, it meant that it would go against the grain. It would, it would be something that would cause distress for him. And so when you are faced with those kind of situations, even when you don't know what the will of God is, how do you pray? That's when you subject yourself to God. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. I have about five more minutes. Philippians 2 13 says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So how do you allow God to work in you. First, you have to be yielded. You have to yield yourself to God. 
You have to be objective. Some of you need, you need to do to actually know yourselves. Some people don't know how to be objective. They are biased. So what they see is right is right. And if you are like that, you have, every one of us have blind spots. Okay? And you need to be able to subject your blind spots to God. Now, if you are not smart enough to know you have blind spots, there's a problem. Then you need to pray to say, Lord, if when I'm functioning my blind spots, <laughs> kick me out. You need to surround yourself with people who can tell you the truth and you will not be offended. You see, there are some people who have a disease. I call it selective listening disorder. When they're asking you for advice or feedback, they're selecting what they hear. They want you to tell them what they want to hear. If you don't tell them what they want to hear, they will go shopping for somebody who will tell them what to hear. So when they come to you, they already have know what they want to do. They're just looking for your endorsement. Now, if you're that kind of person, that is your predisposition, you pray. You have to know how to pray. Because when it comes to the will of God, you have to be willing to die to self. You have to be willing to do what? Die to self. Submit yourself to the will that may go against you and be willing to embrace it. Hallelujah. Lord, if it is your will, let us God pass away. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I've always prayed for God to surround me with people who can tell me the truth. And when I'm foolish enough to not listen to the truth, who will cause me to fail? Those are the kind of prayers that sometimes I you. You pray, if I'm, for me to be wrong and carry on with it, Lord, let, me, let it fail. In open disgrace. But let there be redemption. Now, some of you don't want to pray that kind of prayer because you are too, your pride will not allow you to, to be human. You don't want to pick up the pieces. You would rather enter a big accident with a trailer. You know, a big trailer can hide in the blind spot of a Honda Civic or Toyota Corolla or a Ford Focus. A big trailer can be in your blind spot. And if you refuse to, for your blind spot to be helped or to be aided, you can drive into the lane of the truck and just have an accident there. I would rather I fail and be saved. Are you hearing me, somebody? Let me show you one other, one verse that will help us as we draw towards conclusion on this. Now, you know that God has a will, right? The will. Let, let me show you, well, let me show you two, two more scriptures. This Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews 10 verse 5 to 7. Hebrews 10. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you do not, you, you did not desire. Because he was actually quoting Psalm 40 from verse 7. He says, sacrifice and burnt offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices of foreseen, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book it is written of me 
to do your will, O God. To do what? Your will. To do your will. That's why, you see, sometimes we want to go do our own will and then come and give offerings and sacrifices on that behalf. No, but he said, I have come in the volume of that which is written to me, of me to do your will. Your will. Let's go Romans chapter 8. No, Romans chapter 12, I believe. Romans chapter 12. We close with this. The pastor, you've not said anything about prayers. I hope you've learned already. Yes. So that you know how to pray. You begin to pray objectively. It is not everything. Just imagine me now. Me. Right now. I'm praying. Lord, bless me with the private jet. Bless me with the jet. Because I've heard that pastors have jet or preachers have jets. First of all, if God gives me this punishment, you know why? It doesn't pack in the parking lot of living word. Neither does it pack in my house. So it has to pack in a hangar. Uh-oh. There's a fee. He said, well, what, what, what if God... And there was a guy. I was still undergraduate. I was still doing undergraduate. I was still struggling to pay my tuition. And he told me, him and I had an argument for about 30 minutes. He said, what if God gives you a private... I said, I will sell it tomorrow. Before it even arrives. If they give it to me as a gift. In, the moment it is transferred to my name, I will put it on the market. He said, then you don't have faith. I said, no, I'm not foolish. He said, no, you don't have faith. He said, well, if God gave you, then he would also give you the ability to pay. I said, even if he gives me the ability to pay first, I don't fly that often to need it. Even right now that I travel a lot, I will still sell it. Insurance, jet fuel, it is not the one, it's not premium gas that you're getting. (laughs) The pilot, there's a lot. Let's just go and close. I beseech you. <laughs> I've exceeded my time. I, I, I'm making some points to you, right? So you don't go and begin to pray. It's not every prayer or tomorrow because you see, my wife and I were in Nevada. We were in Las Vegas on vacation. We were just walking around. We entered some malls. Was it a Louis Vuitton shop? We entered. We got into it. And we did eye shopping, window shopping. We walked around, saw good things. There was a pair of shoes. I really liked it. Not for me, for her. When we looked at the price tag, it was $2,000. The girl was like, How are you? I'm like, oh, thank you. She gave us her card. I said, no problem. Just give me that. Oh, come back. We walked around, looked at other things, looked, looked, looked. We left. And I had a credit card that I could pay for that, for that one. Then come here and begin to pray unnecessary prayers. Oh, I could just walk out of it. The flesh is willing, but the spirit is not willing. Are you hearing me, somebody? And, and, and you know, that, that's, that's the thing. Romans, let me close. Lord Jesus, help me here to close. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren. Now, who was he talking to? To brethren, Christians in the church. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now hear me, not dead sacrifices. Because a dead sacrifice will not feel the pain of the altar. A dead sacrifice, a a, a dead sacrifice on the altar of burnt offering will not react to the flame of the fire. 
but a living sacrifice when the flame touches it it will all of a sudden begin to react so he's saying present your bodies a living sacrifice in other words you are going to make it willfully you are going to feel the pains of that presentation holy and acceptable to god which is your reasonable service verse 2 and do not be conformed to this world that is your will that is my will because you see the things of the world are pleasurable if somebody tells you that sin does not feel good tell them that they lied not just did pastor blaze say they lied even the bible says they lied the bible says in the book of i don't want to quoted too much book of uh, hebrews he said Buffett, moses when he came of age chose to suffer with the children of israel than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin so sin is pleasurable in fact some things that are not sin it's not everything that is wrong that is sin there are some things that are not sin but they are called weights laying aside every weight every sin and the every weight and the sin that easily ensnares us. So there are some things that are not sin, but they are weights. They will weigh you down. So do not be conformed to this world. That's where you begin to pray the will of God. Oh, pastor, everybody is doing it. You are not everybody. Oh, pastor, pastor so-and-so did it. I'm not pastor so-and-so. Oh, this Christian in church did it and got away with it. You are not them. The will of God for you is different. Your sanctification. And be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That what you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will. You see that three labor. Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So where do you want to function? In the perf- in the permissible? The perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So when we come to God in prayers, we begin to pray. Lord, I yield myself to you. Lord, I die to my desires. Lord, as I pray. And and now this is the kind of prayer that sometimes is not only English that will help you pray. If you pray in tongues, it is particularly very helpful. Because that sometimes you are praying, you pray, you find out that even in English, you are praying contradictory prayers. You are going this way, coming this way, coming this way. So at that time, you just burst in tongues and you begin to pray. Romans chapter 8, finally, verse 26. Romans 8, 26. We learn something today. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. And I've said that these weaknesses means limitations. It is like you have your will. It's like when Jesus came. Didn't you read that it says Jesus was weak? When he came, he was he was full of sorrow. There was sorrow in his heart. That's a weakness. He said, My soul is sorrowful, even to the point of death. That's a weakness. That's a weak place. He was vulnerable. The Spirit helps in your vulnerabilities. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So we don't know how we should approach this. Lord, do I go get that thing? That will make me look good. That will make me stand out among my peers. 
but will put me under tremendous pressure or will make me compromise. That's why David prayed, Lord, don't give me too much so I'm not boastful and don't give me too little so I don't stretch out my hands to steal. You got to know your predispositions. Solomon, you know why Solomon wrote vanity upon vanity? <laughs> because he had, he said he set his eyes. Solomon could, he just sat and desired. Everything he desired, he set his eyes to explore knowledge. He went to the depths of it. He wanted to think. He could think without having to worry because why there was no war for him to fight. He thought about women. He womanized. He, he, he had how many wives? 300 wives and 700 concubines. So just the wives alone, if he was going out with one every day, in one year, he would not, he would, he would already just, he would not be repeat. Not to talk about the concubines. It would take him two years. Over two years. You know why? Because he had come to the place where he seemed like he had everything. So when you pray, you got to know, Lord, I yield myself to you. I yield my desires to you. I yield my wills to you, my wants. There are what God will supply your needs, not your wants. There are things that are needs, necessities. Now, mind you, we live in America and we live, not just in America, we live in a world where there are, everything is created towards both meeting your needs and creating your wants. I have an MBA in finance and I can tell you how there's something we call psychographics or, you know, consumer psychology, the psychology of consumers. We can create a need in your life and then help you buy, pay for it. Have you watched a TV commercial? Something that you never needed, you bought. You bought it and said you need it and you have never used it. <laughs> so that's the time when you begin to pray, Lord, I yield myself to you. Do not be concerned from to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind rise to your feet tonight can we just pray really really briefly for the will of God in your life in our lives hallelujah I say hallelujah or the ushers go ahead and serve the communion we're going to pray a little bit for the will of God You see, if God allows you, you can paint your pictures the way you want. You see, the will of God, this, this prayer, right, it conflicts with God, will give you the desires of your heart. What if the desires of your heart are things that will take you away from God? Are we realistic? You understand that there are some desires of your heart that if God gives you, you're gone. You're gone. You'll still be here, but you're gone. Hallelujah. Just lift up your voice to him and begin to pray while the ushers are serving the communion. Pray, you, you pray. You are praying the will of God for you. I'm praying the one for me. So this one is not prayer. I will lead you. It's one that we'll all lead ourselves. Lord, I yield myself to you.
Lord, your will for me is sanctification. Your will for me is my peace. Oh, to be anxious for nothing. Man, daily grace, abahata, daily emotion. Come on, somebody pray. Lord, I yield myself to you. Every cell, every fat, every tissue of baby. Zotaya. Iparagani, abahadono, abahadono. give us power and authority over is over the will of another person are you hearing me somebody I cannot take authority over her will no I can't I cannot control her will it is God who works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure so I cannot go to God and say God make her will this way Neither can I pray as I take authority, except if it's a demonic spirit functioning, I can take authority over that demonic spirit. Now, hear me for you. Those of you who are parents, you have children, you give birth to that child, they give birth to their will. You can mold their will, shape their will. That's why you train them to know how to will. You are giving them equipment to rightfully. Now, they come at a certain stage where their will is as stiff and as strong as anything. You can pray. And you can pray in the wheel the wrong way. When we pray, what happens is that God begins to, as I'm praying for Mama now, God by His Spirit begins to walk on her to will and to do of His good pleasure. But she still has to respond. That's why you see, not everybody, the Bible says God is willing, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should repent and come to the knowledge of God. So when we begin to bring people to God, God begins to work on them to bring the light. This is the condemnation that light has come to the world, but men love darkness. So their will, they love what their will is. I'm saying that to say something for us to pray. Apostle Paul, he prayed to God, he says, Lord, there is 
a, a thorn in the flesh. Now, that's not sickness. This is not a day we're not going to talk about it because when people say it's sickness, no. He said, the messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me. To buffet means to keep pounding. And if you know what, what was buffeting Paul, it was everywhere he went, they would beat him up, they would persecute him. You even saw what that we were reading. Even when he was trying to tell them that this thing you are doing is wrong, they beat him up that day. He prayed, he said, Lord, take it away from me. God says, my grace is sufficient in weakness. Though the will of God, sometimes you pray, Lord, give me grace. Lord, give me grace. For those of you who are married, you might be in a marriage situation that just like, man, when is this going to change? What you need is grace. Because it may not change. <laughs> I know I'm telling you something, brother. I'm telling you something, sister. That's why I've always told people, when you, you have strong chemistry, make sure you think about the math, the finance, and the biology that will come later. <laughs> I take authority now for my wife. As I come, let her cook for me. <laughs> you come and meet an empty pot. So let's pray. <laughs> I want us to pray and just ask God to release His grace to do His will. Because sometimes His will is not comfortable. Lord, give me grace to do your will. The grace to do your will. Just lift up your voice as we pray. Oh, Father, as we sabrahadeyasha, mendehedabaha sabrakedeboushatabaha, the grace to do your will, oh God. To do your will. To do your will. To do your will. Not our will, but your will. To do your will, Father. Shantaha. Mendelebrace. The grace to do your will, Lord. To do your will, Lord. To do your will, Lord. Thank you.